keep peace. Hey, welcome, dear listener, to yet another edition of Wag the Dog FM. Hope everything is fine with you, uh, enjoying the weather, at least here in Belgium. For the last week, we had great sunny weather. I just came back from the coast. Yesterday it was beautiful. Today it's raining. That's Belgium for you. But uh, I hope you enjoy holidays if you have holidays. Now this week, um, the topic for this week is again CEOs. So why again CEOs? Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago we spoke about CEO positioning and reputation and how to handle your CEO uh, in in a way to speak. And uh, this week I wanted to focus on a new research which came out of Weber Shandwick. Uh, they just published a report called the CEO Reputation Premium, uh, a new era of engagement. When I say just, it's a couple, it's a month old probably, but uh, it's pretty new. And I thought it was interesting because they've they've interviewed 1,700 executives worldwide, and and a couple of things straight away here. Um, the research finds that, for instance, 81% of global executives believe external CEO engagement is now a mandate for building company reputation. So there you go. Important things here. Um, They also believe that their own CEO's reputation contributes to nearly half of both their company's reputation and market value. Those are big numbers. So I thought... Let's dive into the report. I got hold of Anik Boyan. Anik is the CEO of Weber Shandrick here for the Benelux. And in the next half hour, we'll discuss that report in detail. So here we go. Hi, Anik. Welcome uh, at uh, Wag the Dog. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for the invitation. No, thanks for making the time to uh, discuss one of your latest reports entitled The CEO Reputation Premium. A new era of engagement. So we're going to talk about CEOs again and the positioning of CEOs, which is an interesting topic. Very interesting, fascinating, and also when we when we look back at at how CEOs were positioned over time, you know, in in, in the nineteen hundreds, you had the industrialist CEO who helped to to rebuild Europe and America after the two world wars, and then in the fifties, you had more the organizational man, uh, the, the 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 suit, so to speak, without really. Um, a, a face one would recognize outside Wall Street. And with the 1980s and part of the 1990s, um, the celebrity CEO popped up. I mean, um, everyone who Jack Welch was as head and CEO of uh, GE. And given this, the, the performance of the stock market, CE CEOs had become a little bit the pop stars um, and, and were known um, both um, in the small street and on Wall Street. And then around the 90s, 1990s, you were it was the, the, the dot com CEOs who became um, um, popular, followed by the smart creatives, you know, the, the, the Facebook CEOs who set up an interesting business. Um, and what we've seen lately is that as from 2000, 2005, also faced with the recession, you had the recession CEOs who, um, to use an American word, had to right-size operations across the globe. And um, that led more or less to what we now see as a very engaged and humble CEO. So what our research showed was not only that CEO reputation has become increasingly important, um, CEOs and, 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 and corporate communication professionals think, according to our research, that CEO reputation um, is good for 45% of the company's reputation and perhaps even more important, 
44% responsible for the total market value of a company. So that indicates that having the right CEO, having the right profile of a CEO, both internally and externally, is tremendously important for today's corporations. Um, and, and not only internally, but also externally towards various stakeholders, from investors to uh, politicians uh, to the public at large, and don't forget the customers. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm a bit amazed about the... Uh, so those are the executives that you survey that say 44% of them say that their company's market value uh, is linked to the reputation of the CEO. For 44% is linked yeah, to yeah, yeah. For 44%, reputation. that's it, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, isn't that a big liability to put that much importance on one person, which then maybe could be replaced or make mistakes or be perceived negatively in the media and what have you? I mean... Do you find that, is that a logic? Is there a... It's definitely a lot of pressure to carry on one's shoulders. Uh, So I have... I have a lot of respect for a number of the CEOs. And it also might explain a little bit, um, to a certain extent, the reluctance that, um, you know, for, for, for the PR and communication community as a whole, we sometimes have in convincing CEOs and members of the C-suite to actually profile themselves externally, uh, both uh, towards media, but also on social media and through speaking engagements. So, yes, a lot can go wrong, but in a sense, there there's a lot of opportunity too, because given that we are in the age of the content marketing, um, CEOs compared to a few years back or even more than 50 years back have a lot more opportunities to tell their story, their investment story, but also what they contribute to society and what the added values towards customers on a multiple of the, a multiple of different platforms. So I think it's it, it's a lot of responsibility on one's shoulders. Uh, and uh, I also think that that's one of the reasons why, um, given the fact that a humble CEO uh, is so popular these days, um, that responsibility and also that um, external profiling is these days much more shared with a team of management executives or even subject matter experts that can contribute to what we call the equity story of a company or the added value that a company can bring not only to the customers, but to society. Mm -hmm. I just received, and it's really a coincidence, I just received a question via Twitter about someone who's asking, hey, by the way, is is CEO blogging still a thing or have they all moved to other platforms? And uh, and I just responded uh, just before this interview, I said, well, was it really a thing at a certain point in time? In my career, I've met only one CEO uh, and when we say CEO, there's really you know the top level uh, person yeah, yeah. in the company yeah. that uh, that blogged and blogged very well and used it as a thought leadership platform, and he's still doing mm-hmm. that. And that's a French CEO. Yeah. But uh, I don't really know. I mean, sure, there are a couple of CEOs blogging, but at the end of the day, is it still a, a big question? You know. And it's understandable because those guys have a day job. Uh, and uh, what our um, research shows is that it is important uh, for CEOs to profile themselves. So what the whole social media element has done is that in a lot of ways, opinions have a commodity. Everyone has on everything. Um, but especially as a CEO and also by investors, I want to see actions as well. So um, I think there's a huge opportunity for CEOs that can move from the thought leadership into the action leadership. 
one of the things that you said, instead of like spending time blogging, and as you said, CEOs have a full-time job, and, and, and again, some take that decision, others don't. But uh, placing CEOs in the right moment at the right uh, conferences, for instance, or industry gatherings, or things like that, or roundtables, is for me, at least, I think it's it has much more value in the way that you can also capture then that moment and turn it into a blog post or turn it into something else, into thought leadership material, slide decks, what have you, speaking points. Yeah. So I think that's another way of looking at positioning a CEO and, and taking yeah. a bit of that job of, of content creation away from, from a person who, as you said, needs to run a company, but then still use use that content in uh, maybe on social platforms or any other platform that makes sense. Yeah. What are other critical findings that you've seen in the, in the research that you've done? One of the one of the more interesting results of the study is that humble CEOs really come with benefits. So if we see um, that the rise of the Google term humble CEO has quadrupled over the last month, um, we see that there's really an opportunity to tell um, the reputation equity story of a company, not only on behalf of a CEO, but on behalf of its broader management team. And I think one of the interesting nuggets for us as communication professionals is also that there is a role to play for what I would call subject matter experts within a company who might not necessarily have been situated at sea level, but can tell um, the story of that company in a very engaging way. So. Um, for example, if we're talking about a pharma company, it can be a specialist or a researcher or somebody who has experience on the ground in Africa with a certain therapy that can bring that story to life in a much more engaging way than a CEO can, can do at sea level. So I think for us, there are various opportunities and I think every good um, content or communication campaign has different elements. Um, and given the fact that CEOs are very visible, it is important to be very wise with the type of selection and, and with the type of platforms where you want to profile them. And at the same time, look at other opportunities, not only at C-level, uh, but also at subject matter uh, experts within the, within the company. Yeah, and, and one of the things that um, I saw in the, uh, in the report as well is that it's also very clear uh, where CEOs should not be i mean there is there is a definite caution of of ceos being involved in in you know political positions and 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 public policy kind of thing so that is that is very clear as well so people have a good idea of where a ceo can add to the reputation but also where the ceo should stay away from yeah and i think it, it it's very important that it it stays close to the core business of the company i mean we've recently seen the backlash of the Starbucks CEO taking a stand on um, equality in, in North America, but then also asking, uh, you know, the people behind the till to start a very complex discussion uh, about race in America uh, at a coffee shop. So mm -hmm. um, I think that should make us a little bit more worried about, you know, not, not about um, CEOs having stands or political opinions, but how it contributes to the core business of a company and, and what their point of view is and where their strengths are. I mean, specifically for Belgium, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, CEOs becoming politicians and not always be that effective and the other way around with 
politicians, a recent example of um, um, a former Christian Democrat in the Netherlands becoming a CEO of KLM that didn't work out. So I think both have their own specialities and uh, assets. Um, and uh, for us as communication advisors, it is very helpful to see what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and what the public accepts as being an authentic stand. Uh, from a from subject matter expert or for somebody with a certain expertise and from a company who you know were were just a gimmick yeah yeah and 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 I do think coming back to what you said before the 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 thought leadership the people that we let's say position as thought leaders are definitely interesting because they are the example you gave of someone being in Africa on the ground working with a certain product that that is real stuff right so that is much exactly. more than someone sitting on top of an organization and 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 talking about strategies it makes it very concrete but it is still linked to the business absolutely absolutely and i think everyone has a role to play uh what this research shows is be very careful on the type of platforms where you want to profile a ceo uh, don't overdo it, and uh, there's definitely an added value in playing up the humble side of those CEOs. Mm -hmm. When when you say because you've mentioned that several times here, the humble side, how how do you see that in a practical form? Because the humble can be interpreted in different ways and will probably be different from continent to continent or from a cultural uh, uh, perspective. But what, what how how do you make that concrete? A humble CEO, who would that person look like or behave rather? Yeah. Um, if you compare it to the 90s, where you had the CEO celebrity, mm -hmm. um, the humble CEO is one who gives credit to the teams and who has more than just the financial aspect as a key driver. Um, so where uh, last century you had a lot of technicians who were delivering return on investment, that humble CEO at the same time has a clear vision of what the company stands for and the role of the company in the society, but also inspires and motivates others, um, is honest and, and, and ethical, and is a good communicator both internally and, out, and, and externally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's more than delivering on the results and being the technician and bragging about it in some cases. Uh, but it's really that vision, that inspiration, motivation element, and that being a good communicator internally and out and externally. Yeah, and I think in, in the current situation with the crisis still uh, going on, uh, the attrition uh, that some companies face and also the disengagement of employees, I think the internal side is also a very important one, right? The internal oh. mission of a, of a CEO and of the C leadership uh, team in, in general. Absolutely. And that's where the inspirational element really comes into play. Um, and and we, we call it the equity story. Um, yes, things are easier when, you know, the profits are there, the market share are there, and you're in a growing economy. But it's so important to keep on motivating and inspiring the employees, especially when it comes to, um, you know, the internal engagement. Um, another study that Weber Shankwick done, has done is about employee engagement and how the rise of social media actually provides a lot of opportunities to um, communicate with, with, with employees in different ways and also use your employees as advocates in the good times and in the bad times. Mm -hmm. is, is that something that, that you see coming out of the research? I, I'm just looking at a couple of numbers here that 
if we take a strong CEO reputation, then it has an impact on uh, retaining current employees, attracting new ones, which is crucial, of course, in in the in the market of today. There's even a, a high increase or a high percentage of people who then think that it's 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 a bit of a crisis protection as well, a good CEO reputation. Indeed, indeed, and uh, I, I think you know. Um, What's important here to understand for us as communication um, advisors is um, it all starts with, you know, the core of the business. And that should be, that should be, you know, the customer satisfaction, the quality of the products, um, that should all be a given. But once that is in order, then it's, it's, it's about the CEO for reputation premium, about that vision that is articulated in a good way about how uh, internal employees are inspired uh, and how you can carry that out externally as well. And I think one of the interesting elements there uh, is also that industry reputation has quite a significant impact on um, the, 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 the reputation of a company in total. So looking at looking at the energy sector or looking at the finance sector, um, industry reputation and its impact on the company's reputation is number four in this ranking. Uh, on the one hand, it's a challenge. On the other hand, I think it's an opportunity. We see some um, ethical banking corporations um, really making strides from a reputational point of view because um, they're so different from their competitors in a sector that from a reputational and partly also from a business point of view is uh, under attack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy time for being a, a CEO of a bank or a, or, a, or some of those industries. Definitely not. Uh, this was a worldwide survey. I see that you've surveyed what, 1,700 executives, which is, 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 is a good segment and worldwide. Have you seen or do you know of any um, regional or, or differences, I would say, between the US and Europe or Asia? Or There were some differences, but not very um, remarkable ones. I mean, um, um, some elements that we saw was that um, in, in North America, um, CEOs and, and, and employees uh, find it far more um, obvious that CEOs talk to the media, that they're comfortable in that role. Uh, it's a little bit less the case in, in Europe and Asia Pacific. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's maybe also linked to the cultural elements where we, I think, based in, in, in Europe, do are a little bit envious sometimes of, of, of the communication skills of some of the American-based uh, CEOs, both internally and uh, externally. Um, and in the U.S., we see a little bit more of um, pressure on behalf of CEOs to participate in uh, social media. Mm. Interesting, though, uh, most pressure comes from Latin American. Uh, so 29% of Latin American executives uh, think that um, CEOs should participate in social media, while only 14 in North America and only 12 in Europe. Mm. Okay, that's that's interesting differences there, that the probably the value of the fact of participating online is uh, perceived as a as more important than, uh, than in other regions. It's uh, an interesting difference. You also finished a report with a couple of, uh, let's say, points to work on or advises. Can you take us through a couple of them? Yeah. Um, 
I think it's very important that um, CEOs are also industry advocates. You know, we touched upon the, the influence that the, the industry reputation can have on a CEO's reputation. Um, so being a leader in your industry challenged some of the given perceptions in those, interest, in, in those industries on how business is done can be an interesting element to, to profile uh, the leadership. Uh, but also leveraging the bench, so not only talk about CEO, but the broader management team and the subject matter in, uh, experts. Uh, be very careful uh, to evaluate the CEO's hands on, on public policy. So when do you speak out and when do you focus on your company and not on society as a whole? And decide which venue and which product is right for CEO. They're all people, so some of them will be uh, better um, communicators at, at, at conferences, and some of them will have a good pen or can tell very engaging uh, stories. But what's very important for us is um, don't let it be a one-shot, but really develop a so solid strategy. So if you look ahead, plan ahead, um, do choose which are the focal points for the quarters, would it be duffels in Q1 um, and, and, and maybe a more, um, you know, round table where uh, you talk to some customers and have engaging discussions about what the future looks like in your industry mm -hmm. um, and, and make sure you continuously deliver, you know, CEO reputation isn't built uh, over one day. Um, so make sure there's a good and solid strategic plan behind it that doesn't um, takes too much time of your CEO, but where you have well-chosen, very time-efficient um, activities that can generate a lot of good reputation activity. I think the one on the stands on public policy is an interesting one because I can imagine, and I, I, I see a couple of people uh, of that level before me where uh, the values of the company could be completely in line with the public policy or the debate. And then I would assume that, well, if they're in line and if those are the values of our organization, uh, then the CEO can definitely take a stance on that, uh, even if it's a public a public uh, debate, yeah. um, and and that makes it interesting. I think it, it it if if a CEO would do that, it it really makes him very credible, him or her, uh, very credible uh, to the external public, but also to own employees. Again, it's about walking the talk, right? About values. Yeah, yeah and I think you know. Um, the recent example that we saw in Belgium where a CEO of a pharmaceutical company took a stance on, you know, how, how financially valuable is the remuneration system if, if we as pharma companies don't come up with, with um, solutions um, that, that would support uh, our social security, was one of the examples where it absolutely makes sense and where he as an industry leader was challenging and bringing in a new point of view on uh, prices in pharma and how society or patients or um, we as a community should or should not pay for part of that innovation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Anik, we're going to uh, round up and I've, I've got a final question, of course. Your, your one top most tip to... Senior communicators, most of the audience uh, of this uh, Wag the Dog podcast are senior communicators. What if tomorrow they're thinking about, you know, what am I going to do with my CEO, the positioning? What is, what is the, the, the most common tip that you would, you know, you would give them? Work with the material you have. Don't try to push your CEO into something he or she is not comfortable with. 
work with the material you have, not only on sea level, but also those little nuggets and beautiful diamonds within your within the company that might not pop up at sea level, but can uh, bring the equity story of the company to life in an engaging way. Great, Anik, with this uh, final tip, we'll uh, leave it to that. Thank you very much for being part of Wag the Dog. Thank you for having me. And have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone, like every week, the show notes will be on the website, www.wagthedog.fm. I'll put in the link of the full report as well, a bit of background information, so do check those out. Uh, if you like the show, please go to iTunes, give a review. Uh, a couple of stars would be nice, but a comment would even be nicer. It's really great to see that feedback. I received great emails last week as well, so thank you for those people who take the time to just send me an email and saying that they like the show and uh, things they like or or want to see changed. It's it's really incredible, the feedback that you give me. So uh, really keep on doing that. It's great stuff. You know who you are. So thank you for the support. And uh, until next week, do the right thing. Keep the peace.